Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. Hey everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas. And Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. Hey, everyone, hello. Welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a great podcast for you guys. We're going to be joined by Jason Reitowitz. Does a great job with Sportsbook Review. He has joined this podcast a few times. We're going to be chatting with him in the second segment about a variety of different things, including how he's getting set for the MLB season, and then what he likes with regards to the MPB and KBO board for Saturday night slash Sunday morning. And in the final segment, I will be giving you my plays in the MPB and the KBO in a little something I like to call Touch Them All. First things first, always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions. If there's something that you like answered on this podcast, very into my timeline, at GRSquarty1. If you send these via direct message, aka DM, well, those letters DM to me mean does not matter. And we did get in one question today, so let's get into it. So you have questions, and Greg may or may not have any insight into them, but let's dive into the Twitter mailbag. I had many of you guys ask me if I am going to be betting on these summer camp spring training games with regards to the MLB. The answer is actually three of them. New, no, new, no, and heck no. I want absolutely no part of this just because 
with regards to how things are going with summer camp. You don't know what sort of shape these guys are in. You have your questions with guys like Jacob DeGrom, who wound up having a little bit of a tweaked back. These guys are coming off of COVID-19. This is an opportunity where I certainly encourage you guys to watch these games. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. This is just a time in which you take in information, you sort of gather some inventory. I've been saying it on this podcast. I don't think that starters are going to be going too deep early in the season. Now, you don't want this to be the end-all, be-all, but just take some notes. Take a look. Okay, these guys are looking pretty good. It seems like starting pitchers have a little bit more velocity than normal. They have a little bit less velocity than normal. Those are the sorts of notes that you want to be taking. This is just to fine-tune yourself when the games actually count. And you just don't want to find yourself in a situation in which you bet a game and you need a team to win more than the team that you bet on actually needs to win. Because let's face it, these games are like, whose line is it anyway? The points don't matter. So it's just one of these situations where I want absolutely no part of betting these summer camp games. I will be betting on the MPB and the KBO until further notice. So I think that once the MLB season starts, at this point, my... Strategy is probably going to be just doing the MLB games, breaking those down on the podcast once the season starts and making the KBO Twitter exclusive. And then with the MPB, I might just let it kick rocks just because there hasn't been as much interest at this point and I've way less invested with regards to time rather than the KBO. That's the plan as of right now. I'll keep you guys certainly afloat as to that, but that sort of is the plan right now, so figured I would share that and share why. In the heck, I'm not going to be betting on these summer camp games, but I was betting the MPB and the KBO Saturday morning, so let's take a look back at those results, try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. Some strange results out there in the MPB as you wound up having the Fukuoka SoftBankOx. They were able to take down the Oryx Buffaloes. That wasn't necessarily the strangest of it. The strangest of it was that you wound up having the Oryx Buffaloes just not being able to muster much offense as it was a 2-1 victory for the SoftBankOks. Yuki Yaganita was able to have the big hit in this one for the SoftBankOks. In the sixth inning, he came up with a solo home run. His ninth home run of the campaign. He certainly has been on a little bit of a tear. And then if you're looking for a little bit of good news with the Oryx Buffaloes, they were able to circle the wagons and they were able to get a home run as Kenya Watesuki was able to get his first home run of the campaign and for the Oryx Buffaloes. Adam Jones has just been a little bit of a disappointment so far this year. 0 of 3 at the plate in this one. Adderlin Rodriguez also went 0 of 3 and it really wastes what was a pretty solid start for the Oryx Buffaloes as a little bit surprisingly, they were able to get eight solid innings and giving up one run in the process. It was their Sir Dakai Tiajima and then Shuta Ishikawa was able to be absolutely terrific for the South Bangkok. He doesn't give up a single earned run over the course of six innings. Bullpen from there, they give up one over the course of three. For the Cebu Lions, they were able to get a nice win over the Rakuten Golden Eagles by a count of four to three. A little bit of a heartbreaker here if you had the Rakuten Golden Eagles as they get up three to zero in the bottom of the first inning. They do not score after that as Cebu, they were able to come up with four runs in the sixth inning and that was all she wrote with that regard. And both teams were able to get two home runs in this one. As for the Cebu Lions, getting his eighth home run of the campaign was Hota Yamakawa. He certainly has been tearing it up for the team. Meanwhile, the headliner for the Golden Eagles was El Goro Mogi. He was able to get his third home run of the campaign if you're taking a look at the pitchers in this one. For the Cebu Lions, 
it was really a good job of being able to settle down by their starter, Watero Matsuomo. He was able to go five innings. He gave up those three runs in the first inning and then nothing from there. Bullpen from there, headlined by Reed Garrett, wound up going a combined four innings, not giving up a single earned run. And for the Raccoon Golden Eagles, the team with the best bullpen out there in the MPB, three and a third innings of scoreless baseball with JT Chargois getting four outs. But in this one, it was just that one bad inning by their starter in Tokihiro Chiomo that wound up causing this team the game. So, little bit of a heartbreaker there if you wound up having the Golden Eagles, and I say that because I wound up having the Golden Eagles. For the Chiba Lote Marines, they were able to have a battle won as they take down the Fighters of Ham by a count of 5-2. In this one for Chiba Lote, Atsuki Tanichi had himself a very nice start. He goes 7 innings, he gives up 2 runs in the process. In this one for the Fighters fam, they were able to get two solo shots out of two guys that wound up having their first home run the campaign, including Rio Watanabe. And then for the Chibalote Marines, they were able to get home run number one out of a little bit of an unlikely source as well. As going deep in this one was Hasunori Usada. So that was something that was very rock solid for this team. Meanwhile, you take a look at the Fighters fam. They had to dip into their bullpen to try to get a grand total of 18 outs and it didn't necessarily go as planned. They wound up giving up a grand total of four earned runs, so that was not necessarily great as their starter wound up going three innings, gave up an unearned run, so they were able to hold down the fort there. A team that was unable to hold down the fort, that'd be the Hiroshima Carp, as they wound up training a bunch of men on base, and they needed a bunch of runs to be able to take down the occult soils, as this was a 9-4 final in this one. For the Hiroshima Carp, it just was not necessarily a good start for Hiroki Tokata. He goes four and a third innings, giving up four runs, but more importantly, 11 hits in this one. Bullpen from there, they weren't a whole heck of a lot better. Four and two thirds innings, they gave up four runs in the process. And for the Colts Wells, bullpen in this one wasn't necessarily trustworthy. They gave up two runs over the course of three innings, but they were able to get what they needed out of their starter. And Yoshihiro Ogawa, he winds up going six innings, giving up two runs in the process. And what was really interesting is, despite the fact that these two teams combined for 27 hits, no home runs in this one. Although I will say, Norishka Donkami Steve Aoki was able to get a hit and a run in this one. So, Always warms my heart to be able to say that. And it always warms your heart to see the heart of a tiger be rewarded as the Hanshin Tigers were able to take down the Junichi Dragons by a count of 8-3. What's really strange about this one, the Junichi Dragons lose this game by 5 runs. They won the battle of the hits by a count of 9-5. Junichi was able to get 9 hits. They just weren't able to really drive them around. As of right now, Dion Vicieto has over half the team's home runs through like 26 games of the season. And for Sheen, it's not like they had a bunch of home runs. They were able to get one home run in this one. It was a little bit of a big shot. I will say that as being able to go deep for his fourth home run of the campaign, that would be their man, Yusei Oyama. But with that said, this is just a Sheen team that they really were able to take advantage of the fact that Chunichi wound up having some very shoddy fielding, to say the least. And Yuki Nishi for the Anshin Tigers, he had himself a very nice start. A complete game. He did wind up really racking up that pitch count, giving up three runs in the process, but he was able to hold down the fort. Meanwhile, the Junichi Dragons bullpen continues to have an ERA north of five. They give up five runs over the course of four innings. And then to wrap things up in the MPB from Saturday morning, Yamiori Giants take down the Yokohama Dana Bay Stars as they say, hey, baby, to a 4-2 win for Yamiori. In this one, they didn't wind up having any deep shots, but Angel Sanchez, a very good start. He goes eight innings. He gives up two runs, only one of which was earned. 
And then for the Dana Bay Stars, it wasn't necessarily the worst of starts in the world from Shota Amijana. He winds up going six innings, gives up three runs. Bullpen from there was able to hold down the fort, but... In this one, what really killed the Dana Bay Stars was the fact that, for one, they didn't score any runs until the ninth inning. That's not going to work out very well. And two, the fact that they also had a pair of errors in this one as well. As it looks like Gerardo Parra for the Yamiori Giants also wound up getting the day off in this one as well. And then when you take a look at the KBO, our good buddies, the Smiling Blobs, who entered in the hottest team in the KBO over the last 15 games. They were unable to keep that going as they wound up running into a Chenmoku lawnmower as it was a 6-1 final for the NC Dinos for Chenmoku. Once again, a terrific start. Seven scoreless innings. He gets 10 punch outs in this one. KT could just do absolutely nothing. Meanwhile, Byungwook Joe, he gives up four runs over the course of three and a third innings. They give the blobs a little bit of credit. They were actually able to do a solid job out of the bullpen. They go four and two-thirds innings. They give up two runs. That's really all you can ask out of a KBO bullpen at this point. And for KT, they were able to get up on the board because as a pinch hitter, Hung Woo Kong was able to get a home run in this one. And for the NC Dinos, they were able to get a solo shot off the bat of Aaron Altair. He's out second in the KBO in home runs. That is his 17th of the campaign. This is someone that has really come on strong after a rough start to the season. The Samsung Lions had a little bit of a rough start to the season. And a big reason why was the injury to Ben Lively. He did not look lively in the first inning as he wound up giving up Two runs before recording his second out of the game. He loaded up the bases, but he was able to get out of that. And then from there, he was able to give the team some good innings. And Lote would not score after the first inning. The final in this one, Samsung 5, Lote 2. Ben Lively winds up getting his first win of the campaign. And give the Samsung Lions some credit. Bullpen goes four scoreless innings. And for Lote, this is a team that they got into trouble with Sewung Park. He winds up only giving up, though, two runs over the course of three and two-thirds innings as the bases were stranded loaded. But with that said, Lote did wind up giving up three runs in this one. That was over the course of four and a third innings. And for the Samsung Lions, this is a team that was able to get a pair of home runs. Sungu Lee and Sengonli. Yeah, if that's not confusing, I don't know what is. They were the two guys that wound up having home runs. For Mr. Sangonli, that is his fourth home run of the campaign. And for Sanguli, this was his seventh home run of the campaign. So, a little bit of confusion there, but it was the, I guess you could call it, Sungli show for the Samsung Lions. Meanwhile, for the Lote Giants, they just did a tremendous job of stranding men on base. It seemed like they were leaving at minimum two men on base every other inning. It was a comedy of issues. Speaking of a comedy of issues, the Anwa Eagles hitting as they wind up losing to the LG Twins by kind of 3-1. to one. In this one for Anwa, the big headliner in this one was the fact that their new foreign-born player, Brandon Barnes, made his debut. He wound up going 1-4 of four in this one, so he was able to reach base. He was able to get a double. That's something that's very encouraging because Anwa, they need a little bit of pop in the bat. They're averaging right around a half a home run per game. By far the worst mark out there in the KBO. Of note as well, Roberto Ramos wound up leaving this game midway through due to an injury. He's unlikely to play Sunday morning. But if you take a look at the LG Twins, Ho-Un Kim was able to give the team a home run. This is a man that has really been coming on a little bit as a younger player. He is spending his first year out there in the KBO. This is his second home run of the campaign. A little bit of an unlikely source of power there. And Wu Chan Cha who had been saying cha-cha-cha to raising his ERA all year long. By far his best start of the year. He winds up going seven scoreless innings. That was absolutely terrific for him. Only one strikeout, but with that said, he just did a good job of being able to induce some soft contact and 
Shi Won Zhang, really a tough luck loser in this one. Once again, pitch ball for the Anwa Eagles. He goes six innings, he gives up two runs. This is a man that has given up either one or two runs in each out of his last six starts. And to show for it, he's got a one and one record in decision. So I don't know what to tell him there. Certainly some good pitching, just wasn't enough. But what was enough was the fact that the Nissan Bears were able to get a six spot on the Kia Tigers. They get a six to nothing win. For the Nissan Bears, it wasn't necessarily a whole lot of power, but just a bunch of guys at the top of the lineup being able to get some hits as Kunwu Park, along with Jose Miguel Fernandez, both were able to get two hits up there on the board and for the Kia Tigers. Just nothing doing in this one as a surprisingly good start was had by one Ju Joy. Five scoreless innings and the Nissan Bears bullpen all of a sudden has come alive over the last two weeks out there in the KBO. It's been towards the top of the league as they go four scoreless innings in this one. Meanwhile, for the Kia Tigers, Ki-Hoon Kim winds up going four and a third innings. He had been used as a reliever so far this year, but last year was a little bit of a starter. He gives up three runs. The bullpen from there, they wind up going a grand total of four and two-thirds innings. They give up three runs in the process, so not necessarily idealized. It was one of these situations in which Preston Tucker, once again, went cold for the Kia Tigers. Don't know what you're going to get out of him from night to night. He wound up going 0-4 in this game, and a team that was able to get just enough offense, that that would be the Kiwo Miros, a 4-1 win. And how about the stark turnaround from Han Hee Han? This is the man that Jason Benetti on the KBO broadcast was calling Triple H. This man had given up 17 runs in his last two starts, which spanned two and two-thirds innings. And this one, six and two-thirds innings, he gives up one run, seven strikeouts to one walk. Bullpen from there, they clean up the final two and a third innings. And Jungwoo Park certainly was not terrible for SK. He gives up two runs over the course of six innings. He did wind up giving up a little bit of a deep ball in this one as Biongo Park was able to go yard. And Hassan Sung was able to get a home run as well for Biongo Park. He now has 17 home runs on the campaign. And for Sung, I believe that he now has 15 on the campaign. Of note for SK, their lone run of the game came on a Jamie Romack home run. That is big because this is someone that he certainly has not necessarily been getting going at the plate so far this year. Leads the KBO in walks, but that is his 12th home run of the campaign and the bullpen from there for SK. Gives up two runs over the course of three innings. So that's what we all know from the MPB and KBO Saturday morning. Now, let's take a look at some of these Sunday games. And let's just get the mindset of Jason Radowitz of Sportsbook Review going into the MLB season and what he's focusing on for the upcoming season. That's on the other side right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Craig Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson, is great to have on our next guest. This is a man that does a great job with SBR Sports Pick, Sportsbook Review. He's a man that, much like myself, has taken a liking to the KBO and MPB. And much like myself, this man is very excited for the MLB to be back in our lives next week. You can follow him on Twitter at Jason underscore Radowitz. And that last name is spelled R-A-D-O-W-I-T-Z, as it is Jason Radowitz joining me on the podcast. And great to have you back, my friend. How are you? Of course. I keep coming back each week, and I love it. You do a great job with your podcast, so I'm excited to be back again. And always great to have you on. Thank you. And Jason, I mentioned it much like myself. You are very excited for the MLB season coming up. And how are you preparing for it? Because I've had a, quite a few people ask me if I'm going to be making any picks with regards to these summer camp, spring training games, and everything like that. I think, in my opinion, these are just games that you should really be trying to take some inventory of. You just don't want to be betting on a game in which you have more skin in it than the teams actually out there on the field. But come opening day, I'm certainly going to be firing away, trying to use all the information I've been gathering these past few weeks. Yeah, of course. There's no way I'm going to be betting on these games. Definitely be watching them. 
you know, the Mets and Yankees are playing tonight, and I'm excited about that one because I'm a Mets fan. And, you know, Mets-Yankees rivalry is always fun. So it'll be on, but there's no way I'm going to be betting on it. Just watch how, you know, these pitchers are performing, how the hitting is going. Yeah, just take notes like you said. There's no way I'm betting on these games. But I definitely will be betting on opening day and beyond. Obviously, with the success in the KBO and the MPB, their first couple of days, you know, I'm not going to take off a day of the MLB when it begins. Absolutely, and I'm someone that I have personally already fired away on the Yankees versus the Washington Nationals in that game. I think that the Yankees are going to be the favorite to win the World Series. I think they should be able to pull it off against the Nationals, and a big reason why I do like the Yankees for the upcoming season is just because of overall depth. I think that the teams with depth, good managing, those two attributes are going to be so huge this season because it's been a very strange offseason. you got to think that these starting pitchers, it's going to take them a few starts for them to be able to get ramped back up to the 100-plus pitches that they're used to throwing. Now, there are a couple guys that they had some nice elements to their disposal of being able to stay loose, guys like Trevor Bauer that were performing out there in Arizona. But by and large, a lot of these guys didn't have necessarily the tools and the usual coaching to be able to continue to keep themselves in MLB shape. I think that that's a big thing that we're going to notice early on this season. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that the you know, pitchers will, will definitely take some time to get going, but those one or two pitchers that do get going early are definitely Cy Young favorites and potentially even MVP favorites. I'm not sure if this could be the first year where we see an MVP be a pitcher who maybe goes 12-0 and on a season, somehow has a hot streak like we thought Garrett Cole go on for the All-Star break last season. So you just never know what could happen. I agree with you that the Yankees are definitely the favorites in the MLB. I'd even look at the Dodgers, you know, a team that can do some damage, but you know, they've already lost David Price, opted out of the season. So there could be some underdogs, you know, in play like the like the New York Mets or a different team that doesn't have any guys that are opting out due to the COVID. Yeah, there's, so there's a lot of question marks on this season, but that's what's going to make it even more fun. I do agree with you, as we do have Jason Radowitz joining me on the podcast. And other than those spring training games, you don't have anything to bet on the MLB with regards to this weekend. But we do have some MPB and KBO games. And I saw on Twitter you were talking a little bit about this game. South Bangkok's going on the road face-off against the Oryx Buffaloes. Oryx is going to have their ace on the mound. Yashinibu Yamimoto, this is a guy that's like 22, 23 years old. He had a sub-2 ERA during the 2019 season. I do feel like it might be a little bit of fool's gold, though, because we've seen with Oryx, over half the games that they've played, they've been leading going into the 8th and ninth inning, and they've blown so many of those games. Meanwhile, with the Fukuoka South Bangkok's, Akira Neal has certainly not been great this year, ERA of a 736, but this is a guy that I do feel like is going to get a little bit of a boost from a Fukuoka bullpen that has been looking better lately. Not sure where you stand on this, but I would say that the South Bangkok's hovering right around a plus 40 to a 150 price. Going against a guy like Yamamoto, who's got a 1.82 ERA this season in four games, He's already went 29.2 innings in those four starts. So he's next one. He's been really good. He's, he's basically the Ku Chang Mo of this league so far. He's only growing from here. So I like York's Buffaloes in this spot. But like you had said, you know, the, the bullpens for South Bank have been better. Niho, I think, will improve in this start. He's been pitching a little bit better. I think he came, he's coming off of a win in his last start as well. So, you know, maybe looking towards the under in this game, it is kind of low at 7.5. I would have rather it around 8, 8.5. But Maybe looking at the under in this game would be the way to go. I do think New York's Buffaloes don't have the best offense. Of course, the South Bangkok's have a lot better of an offense. But going up against Yamamoto, who is 3-0 in four games, I like the under in this one. 
Yeah, I think that that is going to be a really intriguing game, to say the least. And then I think that you've got a lot of intrigue out there in the MPB in general. And I want to know what you think of the Chunichi Dragons, because this team has just been, in my opinion, the hardest to figure out out there in the MPB, because Deon Viciedo has over half the team's home runs through 26 games. I can't remember seeing whether it be minor league baseball, major league baseball, perhaps little league baseball, when you've got a grand total of like three home runs and... One guy hit like two of them when the fences are out at like 250 feet or something like that and nobody's able to hit a home run. But I can't remember ever seeing a guy having over half a team's home runs. He's going to be going up against the Hanshin Tigers and Utah Iwasada was actually been pretty decent. He's got a 330 ADRA. He's been doing solid. What do you think of this? Because Hanshin has been pretty odd as of late. And with the Dragons, they actually do a solid job of getting on base. They just can't drive in runs to save their lives. Yeah, that's what's been happening with, with the Dragons. And, you know, the Tigers, they've been really good at home this season. Uh, again, obviously, they're home for this series to finish off this uh, this three-game series for against the Dragons. So, yeah, I think the Tigers have probably had the edge in this one with Yuta Iwasada on the mound with a 3.38 ERA through four games this season. He's been really good with a 1.25 whip. It's solid in the MPB. Hasn't walked too many batters, just 2.6 per nine innings. So I think there's an edge there for the Tigers who have just been playing a lot better at home throughout the entire season. So, yeah, I'm just more comfortable taking the Tigers. Of course, like you said, the Dragons are so hard to figure out. I'd much rather look at the Tigers and say, yeah, they're a much better home team. They have a little bit of an edge there. They're playing a lot better at home with a better pitcher in my eyes. So, yeah, I, I like the Tigers here. The Dragons, they're like you said, they're hard to figure out. And their offense, they're not scoring with runners in scoring position. And this is certainly a spot in which I was taking a look at the over on, as we do have Jason Ryder, which joining me right here on the podcast. And Jason, I was in lockstep with you with regards to the Buffaloes as well, even though you do have that plus 150-ish with you out there on the SoftBank Cox. With that said, you do have a very good point there with regards to Yamimoto. But now we've got to take a look at the KBO, and we've got to take a look at a team that I call on this podcast the good old smiling blobs. That would be the KT Wiz. They're going to be facing off against the NC Dinos. Typically, on paper, this looks like a little bit of a mismatch, but you take a look at the KT Wiz, a.k.a. Smiling Blobs. This is a team that's actually played very well the last three weeks. I believe over the past three weeks, they've got the best record out there in the KBO. They're now 31-31-1, and they're going to be bringing out there their best pitcher in Odrisimar de España. He's going to be going up against Jack Lee. Let's face it, Jack Lee, not necessarily the best of seasons so far. And with KT, you've got the league leader in home runs. In my opinion, the MVP in Mel Rojas. I think that this might be a very good spot for the Wiz, who I'm seeing right in the neighborhood of right around minus 120 across the board. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Anytime you can get Despagne at around minus 120 against a guy like Jay Hawk Lee of the Dinos, it's a no-brainer for me. Yeah, I would totally lean towards the Wiz. I'm not going to be taking this game myself, but yeah, anytime you can get Despagne at minus 120 against a, a pitcher with a 5.84 ERA, that seems like a no-brainer, and I, I'm all with you with Despagne. I think the KT Wiz have been playing a lot better. Uh, offensively, of course, they've done a great job, of course, with Rojas and the rest of their lineup that has been kind of you know, hitting for a decent rate the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, I like the KT Wiz here in this one as well. And you know what, Jason? What I love about this podcast is that misery loves company because we were both on the Anwa Eagles Saturday morning. And you know what? They actually pitched quite well, but the offense put up as many runs as the two of us. So that was not necessarily good. They're going to be facing off against the LG Twins once again. And shock, shock, surprise, surprise, the LG Twins find themselves 
as a favorite of right around $2. You've got Warwick Zappel going on the mound for Anwa, but it's been really hard to figure out Zappel. He's had some terrific starts, and then he goes out there against our Blobio friends, and he winds up giving up seven runs, six of which were earned in just under six innings. Hard to figure him out. And speaking of hard to figure out, Casey Kelly of the LG Twins, he just has not had the best of season so far this year, though I will say he has looked a little bit better recently. Where do you stand on this one? Is it worth taking a shot on Anwa once again, or are you going to be riding with the LG Twins? Yeah, I'm going to be riding with the LG Twins here, but something for me that I, I find there's usually more value in looking at the team totals. So for this one, I like the LG Twins to score 4.5 runs and take the over on their team total against Warwick Schubold. And the reason because the reason I'm taking that is if you look at Warwick Schubold in his last three outings, He's allowed like 27 uh, hits in three starts around that number. So, yeah, he's been getting hit absolutely hard. And even though you know, Roberto Ramos is injured and will likely be out of this game on Sunday, I still like the LG Twins to score. They've been looking really good throughout the entire weekend offensively. Pitching-wise, they haven't. But again, Hamill Eagles, they've been looked a lot better, of course. But I do like the Twins to get back in this one. But the value... In, in my eyes, is looking at the LG Twins over their team total of 4.5. It's around minus 130. And to your point, the Hanwha Eagles so far this year against the LG Twins, 0-8. I will call that not good, <laughs> as we have Jason Radwitz of Sportsbook Review joining me right here on the podcast. And obviously, we've got a trio of other KBO games on the board. Samsung Lions against Lotte Giants, the Doosan Bears and the Kia Tigers, and the SK Wyverns and the Kiwoom Heroes. Is there any one of these three that really stand out to you? Because the one, in my opinion, that might be intriguing is this Jake Brigham versus someone Moon matchup. Because with Moon, he's actually been really good despite his record for the Wyverns. It just seems like he's a Jacob DeGrom of this league. He's 2-6 and six with a 3.25 ERA. He's won 72 innings. He's given up five home runs and a grand total of 22 walks and 65 punch-outs. This is a guy that deserves much better. And for Jake Brigham, he looked absolutely terrific in that start against the NC Dinos. But this is a guy that that's pretty much his lone good start so far this year. He has went north of five innings just once so far this campaign. And in all of those innings that he's went at least four aside from that one start, he's given up at least three runs. Yeah, Siang Wan Moon has been really good. And it's kind of just things to looking at his record. It's just two and six. But if you look at his home numbers, I think in his last uh, five home starts, he's only allowed eight runs. So he's been really good at home. Going up against a pretty solid Kiwoom offense. And they've been really good as of late as well. Jake Brigham came back in, in his first start. Looked really good against the Dinos. Didn't have the strikeout numbers, but I'm assuming that will come back. Especially against an SK offense. that They've been a lot better you know, recently, but they're overcheating. So, yeah, this one I like the under as well. I even looked at under in the first five innings, which is 4.5. I think this game will be a close game towards the end. And then I, I would assume that Kiwoom runs away with this one late. But... Yeah, this game is going to be a fun one to start off, and that's why I like the under. Also, if you look at the Yawkey Giants and Samsung Lions game, Dan Straley versus David Buchanan, that is a great, great matchup. But that matchup, I think Buchanan played the Kia Tigers in his last start. There were so many rewarding track shots and a bunch of hard ground ball double plays. Buchanan, just, he was just able to get out of trouble in that game. So while he allowed zero runs in that game, yeah, he allowed some big hard hits. So I like the Yawkey Giants to, to avoid the sweep. In that game with Dan Shirley on the mound, who's been excellent. But his last two starts have been just tremendous. And I was talking about how Moon deserves a better record than he's gotten. Dan Shirley is 3-2 and two with a 207 ERA. I mean, this is a guy that's made 13 starts, but 82 and two-thirds innings, giving up four home runs, 83 strikeouts to 22 walks. I mean, it's absolutely incredible that he doesn't have a better record. But a man that has an absolutely tremendous record, 
in all forms of baseball. That'd be you, Jason. You do an absolutely terrific job with Sportsbook Review. Let the good people at home know where they're able to find you on social media and just what you're going to be doing over the next couple weeks because obviously you've been doing the NPB, KBO, CPBL, but I know that you're going to be getting into MLB baseball as well. Yeah, of course. I'll be doing MLB now starting the opening day. So I'll have my show instead of the KBO and the MPB. We'll do the MLB show instead of the KBO and MPB. So I likely won't be doing much about uh, with the MPB and the KBO since I'll have so much, uh, won't have too much time on my hands with so much work with the MLB. Since the MLB basically has the same amount of teams as all of the three breakfast baseball leagues combined. So yeah, it'll be mostly the MLB for me, but I'll still have my show and I'll still be betting on the KBO and MPB if I see any fit. So you can find me at my, at my Twitter at Jason underscore Radowitz. That's R-A-D-O-W-I-T-Z. And I'll also have a bunch of articles at SBR for the MLB, which will be a pitchers and hitters report for player props. And I'll also be looking at a bunch of other underdogs and favorite plays that people can do, as well as, you know, team totals and all that other good stuff as well. It should be a lot of fun with the MLB season coming up. I'm probably going to be still staying in lockstep, in lockstep with the KBO. It's going to be a wait-and-see situation with myself because, obviously, if things aren't going well with the whole coronavirus situation at the beginning of August, who knows what's going to be happening. But I know that Jason is doing a great job with a little bit of everything, staying very versatile, and does absolutely terrific work with SBR. So big thanks to Jason Radwitz for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Craig Peterson. Now it is that time coming up next. I give you a side in total on every game on Sunday slash Saturday night's MPB and KBO betting boards as we touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. A big thanks to Jason Radowitz of Sportsbook Review for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time podcast. I give you a signing total on every game on the Saturday night slash Sunday morning MPB and KBO betting board as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. As per usual, I will give you the disclaimer that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRS41. I will also say that unless you're betting at Pinnacle, you're going to be betting on the team and the team only. So let's say that for the Oryx Buffaloes, instead of Yashinobu Yamimoto, you get an actual stampede of Buffaloes that wind up taking the field. Well, congratulations. You're going to be betting on our furry friends. So... That'll be very fascinating, and it would be quite interesting to see a pack of Buffaloes go up against the Softbank Hawks, so I would certainly pay to see that. And with that said, we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order with this. The MPB has some games that start Saturday night slash Sunday morning. Their first game starts Saturday night here on the West Coast at 9 o'clock p.m. Pacific. If you're looking on the East Coast, that's midnight Sunday, and they've got lower rotation numbers, so we're going to be going with those, and then we're going to be going with KBO. This begins with 304-161-304-162. Fukuoka, SoftBank Ox are going to be hitting the road, and they are going to be facing off against the Buffaloes of Oryx. The Oryx Buffaloes are looking to circle the wagons as a minus 165 to minus 170 favorite. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the SoftBank Ox, 
Getting anywhere between plus 145 and plus 150. Draw on this game is 7.5. Over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. And it is going to be the aforementioned Yashinobu Yamimoto who's going to be going for the Oryx Buffaloes. Meanwhile, Akira Niho is going to be going for the South Bangkoks. Now, I do think that Niho is going to be able to do a little bit of a better job for the South Bangkoks, but with Yamimoto, this is a guy that was completely lights out for the Oryx Buffaloes last year. An ERA that is south of two. This guy is like 22, 23 years old. He is absolutely tremendous during that 2019 season. He had an 8-6 record while giving up just a half a home run per 9 innings. He had 8 strikeouts per 9 last year, more around 9 this year, so he's gotten even better. Now, the big key for this Oryx team is being able to get a little bit more offense. Adam Jones for the year is hitting right around at 250. Adrian Rodriguez more around at 265. You got to think that these guys are going to be able to kick it up a re- little bit. I will say that Ryochi Adachi has been doing a solid job of getting on base hitting at 293, but as a collective, this is an Oryx team that's hitting right around a 232-ish. Meanwhile, with South Bangkok's, you have really been seeing Wilmer Ballantine struggling for this bunch. He is now hitting below the Mendoza line. He's hit five home runs and 17 RBI, but this is just not what you expect out of him. I will say that Rioa Kurihara has been able to do a solid job. He's been able to give the team 17 RBI. He's hitting right around to 270, so there's a little bit of something to be had there. I do think that both these teams are going to be able to generate a little bit of offense, but then when you take a look at this starting pitching matchup, it's just not a fair fight with Neo 736 ERA, which I mentioned a little bit earlier. You take a look at what he did during the 2019 season. He wanted making eight starts at the Pacific League level, 20 starts at the Western League, which is pretty much a minor league version of the MPB. At the minor league level, he was pretty solid with a 252 ERA, but you can tell that when he went up to the majors, he was 1 and 4, 399 ERA. And the big problem with him walks. During his MPB career, he has given up right around four and a half walks per nine innings. He only gives up about one home run per nine, but also not a swing and miss guy. The combination of giving out walks and not getting swings and misses, I think is really going to cost him in this spot. There's a little bit of promise with regards to the South Bangkok's probably going to be able to get two or three runs up on the board. So I'm going to wind up taking this total over at seven and a half. I just think that it's a little bit too low. But with that said, I do think that the Buffaloes, with having Mr. Yamimoto on the mound, I think that he's going to be able to really take the bullpen out of the equation for the Oryx Buffaloes. So we're going to be circling the wagons and we are going to be circling the Buffaloes as a play in this spot. We move on to 304-163-304-164. Zebu Lions are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Rakuten Golden Eagles. If you're looking at the Golden Eagles, you're going to be laying anywhere between minus 162 and minus 165 with Zebu anywhere between plus 143 and plus 145 and your total on this game is 9.5. If you're looking at the over on 9.5, you are going to be finding it right in the neighborhood of even a minus 105. Unders anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120 with your starting matchup being Dakai Iwakita who's going to be going for Cebu. Meanwhile, Takeyuki Kishi is going to be going for the Rakuten Golden Eagles. What you've got to like about the Golden Eagles is the fact that they do have the best bullpen ERA out there in the MPB. So, no offense or buts about it. That is going to be a little bit promising. But then when you take a look at the Cebu Lions, you got to think at some point Corey Spangenberg is going to be able to get online. This man has really been scuffling all year long. It's just been really surprising because he had a grand slam in one of his first games of the campaign. So far for the year, he's hitting at 245. He has not been able to draw walks to save his life. 
and 35 strikeouts. I believe that that leads the MPB as a collective. Cebu, though, they have about a 342 on base as a team, right around a 250 batting average. So they've been able to do a little bit of something there. And Otaka Yamakawa hit his eighth home run of the campaign earlier this morning. He has been doing an absolutely terrific job of holding down the four for the team, right around a 420 on base. And then you also have to like the fact that Tomoya Mori has been able to give the team right around a 255 batting average. He does a good job of being able to drive some runs in. Now, I will say this with the Cebu Lions. Reed Garrett, their most trustworthy reliever for the team, was used up in the team's game Saturday morning, so he is not going to be available for use. But then when you take a look at what you're going to be able to get out of their man, Mr. Ikeda, this is going to be a little bit of an interesting spot because this is going to be his first start of the 2020 season at the Major League level. He was out there at the Western League during the 2019 campaign, a guy that has really been a little bit more of a journeyman when it comes to the MPB. He had a 4-3 record with a 6.52 ERA. A little bit confusing here as he wound up making a grand total 13 start 69 innings. The advanced statistics show that he is not a swing and miss guy, and that's putting it very politely as he wound up having 4.3 strikeouts per 9 innings. I will say this though, if you go back to the 2018 season, this guy was dominant. 11-4 record, 3.32 ERA. When he was just stably out there at the major league level, he was giving out only about a home run per 9 innings, 2.7 walks per 9. Punch outs were more around 6.6. Now, he has had a little bit of an advanced age. He's right around 33 years old. He's going to be turning 34 very soon, so there is that. But with that said, I do like the fact that the Cebu Lions have been doing a little bit better job with the bullpen. And as a result, I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. And then when you take a look at the Golden Eagles, this is a team that they really rely upon walks to be able to generate something. Jabari Blash, one of their foreign-born hitters, He's hitting a 221 for the campaign, but a 374 on base. Now, Adetto Asamura has been absolutely terrific. Leads the MPB in home runs and RBI. 10 home runs, 31 RBI. He has been able to do the job. And then, Dakuchi Suzuki, despite having just one long bomb so far this campaign, 20 RBI. So, he just knows how to be able to drive these guys in. But then, when you take a look at the starting pitcher for this team, it is going to be a little bit interesting as to what you're going to be able to get in this spot. Because, you've got a little bit of a horse of peace situation when it comes to Kishi because he's at an advanced age shoot 35 years old he's made two starts so far this year so far he's got a 1-0 record but with that said in two starts he's went 10 innings he's given up one home run but seven walks as well that is very concerning because you go back to the 2019 season, he was actually getting right around 8.5 punch outs per 9 innings. He does give up a little bit of hard contact, 1.2 home runs per 9 innings. Before his career, it's been more around 2.5 walks per 9 innings. So I sort of wonder what's going on there. And this is a team that they wound up having to use up JT Chargua in their bullpen Saturday morning. So they're not going to have him available for service. Now, Stefano Romero has been doing a terrific job for the team. He's been in and out of the lineup recently, but he's a guy that's hitting at 342 for this bunch. But I do think that's Cebu is starting to pick things up a little bit. I do like the way that the bullpen has been performing recently. So for that reason, we are going to be going with the Lions of Cebu in a battle of two pitchers that, let's face it, are at a little bit of an advanced age. But I like both bullpens in this spot to be able to keep things a little bit lower scoring. So we are going to be going with the under in this spot as well. We move on to 304-165, 304-166. You've got yourself the Chiba Lote Marines, and they are going to be hitting the road as they're going to be facing off against the Nippon Ham Fighters. If you're looking at the Nippon Ham Fighters, the price is varying a tad as you're able to find them anywhere between minus 105 and plus 105. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at 
at the other side at Chibalote, anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. Your total on this game is ranging between 8 and 8.5. On the 8.5, over juice of minus 105. The under is minus 115. If you're taking a look at the 8, the over is juice of minus 120, and the under is even. Your starting pitching matchup for this one it is going to be Yuki Ariyoshi, who's going to be going for Chibalote, and it is going to be Rosai Kawano, who's going to be going for the Amphi. Fighters. And for Kuwano, this is a guy that really had never pitched at the MPB level prior to the 2020 season. So they have been taking him for a spin so far this season. And it hasn't gone terribly. He's made three starts. Young 22-year-old. 0-2 record to show for it. But in 16 and two-thirds innings, he has been able to keep the contact down. Here's his issue, though. He has given up 11 walks. That is going to catch up with him. And he's only got 4.4 strikeouts for nine innings. Let's face it as well. He's not backed up by necessarily the world's greatest bullpen. When you take a look at the bullpen ERA for the hand fighters, it's now hovering right around a 4-5-ish. So they've been doing a little bit better lately. And Christian Villanueva being in the fold has really helped out this team. Batting average is hovering right around a 225, but he has been able to give the team a pair of home runs. That has been big. Former San Diego Padre giving this team a little bit of a shot of life. And if you take a look at the hand fighters as well, as a collective, they're hitting right around at 222. So that has certainly been a little bit of an issue. But then you take a look at the flip side. What you really have to like about Chiba Lote is that they've got two foreign-born players that I think are going to be able to pick it up big time, and Brandon Laird along with Leonis Martin. Martin already has two home runs so far this weekend for Mr. Brandon Laird. He was able to get a home run a few days ago. Both these guys have been doing a better job hitting as well. They both entered the week hitting below a 250. Now you've got Laird hitting right around 250, and Martin is more around a 280, so that is something that's very good. And then Takashi Ogino, 240 batting average. He has been able to supply the team with a couple RBI and 11 stolen bases, so he certainly has been doing a nice job with that regard. And then when you take a look at the pitching matchup for this one with Ariyoshi, he has been able to make two starts so far this year. Not going to give you great length, only about eight innings, but he keeps the game out in front of him. He has yet to allow a home run. He's only given up two walks as well. That is something that you certainly like with him. And it's really important because he spent the 2019 campaign injured. He really only made two starts for Chibalote that season. So during the 2018 campaign, was pretty solid. 374 ERA. Once again, guy that would give you right around four innings. He would keep the game out in front of him. He's not necessarily much of a swing and miss guy for his career. He gets about four and a half strikeouts per nine innings, but he doesn't walk a lot of guys. Sometimes he's going to give up a little bit of hard contact. So I do think that that's very intriguing in this spot, but I do think that there are some redeeming qualities with Chibalote. They do have some good arms in the bullpen that are still available for this game. Meanwhile, with the Ham Fighters, it is a little bit of a situation which you just don't know what's going to be coming out of the bullpen from game to game, but I do think that this is going to be a very good spot for their starter in Ariyoshi to be able to get things going. And Kuano, as a little bit of a younger guy, he's been able to keep things out in front of him as well. And we have noticed that with Chibalote, the foreign-born bats with Laird and Martin have been a little bit hot and cold, so I'm going to err to the side of the under in this spot, but I'm going to wind up taking Chibalote as a result as well. 304-167-304-168. Hanjin Tigers are going to be playing us to the Chunichi Dragons. If you're taking a look at the Chunichi Dragons, you'll be getting anywhere between plus 120 and plus 125. Meanwhile, Hanjin, anywhere between minus 140 and minus 145. Your total on this game is 7. The over is anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125. The under is anywhere between even and plus 105. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for Hanjin is going to be Utah Iwisawa. Meanwhile, 
Kodai Umetsu is going to be going for the Chunichi Dragons. I think that this is a little bit of an intriguing spot because I've been mentioning it with Chunichi. This is a team that they've got over half their home runs so far this year from Dayon Viciedo. They actually do a solid job of being able to hit as a collective, which I think is even more intriguing because when you take a look at the league-wide batting average with regards to this team, it's not terrible. With the Junichi Dragons, they're hitting at 257. That's right in the middle of the league that they're in, the Central League. So they've been able to do an okay job with that regard. They're just not mustering up any home runs. They've got 14 home runs. The next worst team in their division is a tie between the Yokohama Dana Bay Stars and the Yakult Swallows at 21. But with the Dragons as well, this is a team that, let's face it, bullpen has not necessarily been great. But I think that this could actually be a good start for Yumetsu. He's went so far this year 2-2 two and two over the course of four starts. He's been able to give the team length. A grand total of 24 innings. He has given up three home runs and 12 walks in the process. But you take a look at this guy during the 2019 season actually did a very good job when he was brought up to the Central League. 4-1 record, 234 ERA over the course of six starts. Gave the team right around 35 innings and he did a lot of this. He was able to get nine punch outs per nine innings, right around .8 home runs per nine as well. So he did a nice job of keeping these games out in front of them. And then when you take a look at the Hanjin Tigers, this is also a team that they don't necessarily have the world's most trustworthy bullpen. Now the fact that they were able to get a great start Saturday morning, that is going to be able to help out this team. But when you take a look at what you're going to be able to get out of Iwisawa. This is a guy that is 2-1 for the year. Out of four starts, he's went a grand total of 24 innings. Has not given up a single home run. So, no offense or buts about it. That is certainly solid. But, you take a look at what he did during the 2019 campaign out there in the Central League. He was 2-4 and four and in eight starts. He went 40 innings. And he wound up giving up right around 3.3 walks per nine innings. So, I do think that things are going to start to regress a little bit. Was giving up more around a home run per nine. So, you got to think that at some point, the hard contact is going to come back to him a little bit. Jeffrey Marte has also been out of the fold for the Anjin Tigers. Now, Justin Bohr has really been able to pick it up. Five home runs, 13 RBI, hitting just below a 300. And Kosuke Fukudome is out back in the fold. Now, for the year, he's hitting below the Mendoza line, but this is going to be a situation in which you gotta think that Jerry Sands is gonna need to continue to pick it up. He's been doing a really good job recently. After a little bit of a rough start, he's now hitting a 267, but I do think that this is a spot in which the Chunichi Dragons are gonna be able to go death by a million cuts. I do think that they are are finally going to be able to get that deep shot. Deion Viciedo, the guy that has seven home runs so far this year, he certainly has been able to do a solid job. And when you take a look at Junichi in general, they do a good job of being able to get on base. I think that they're just going to be able to get enough contact in this spot to be able to get the W. So for that reason, I am going to be going with this total over. It is a little bit of a lower total, so I do think that that lends itself very well, especially with both these bullpens being, let's face it, not very good. And we are going to be going with the Junichi Dragons at a plus price. We move on to game number 304-169-304-170. The Occult Swallows of Tokyo are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Hiroshima Carp. If you are looking to get a little bit of fish in your diet, it is going to cost you not as much as normal. Fish has been going up recently, but if you're taking a look at the Hiroshima Carp, you're going to be finding them right in the neighborhood of minus 115 to minus 120. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Occult Swallows, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 105 and even, and your total on this game is 9. With the 9, you've got over juice anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. And your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Carp of Hiroshima is going to be Atsushi Endo. Very appropriate name that you have a guy named Atsushi with a team whose mascot is a carp. Meanwhile, the Occult Swalls are going to be going with Hiroyotoshi Yakanashi. And for Mr. Yakanashi, 
Not a bad start so far this year for the occult Spalls. How about a 1-1 one one record, a 3-1-5 ERA, so he's been doing a solid job of keeping things out in front of him. Now with the Spalls, bullpen has not been great. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. That is something that is going to come back to bite this team in the tuchus, but what you do have to like about this team as well is the fact that you've got the Far East Milwaukee Brewers movement. As Norishka Donkami, Sivayoki, and Alcides Escobar are in it. Both these guys are hitting between a 290 and a 300, so they both have been rock solid with Aoki. He's got four home runs so far this year, and Naomichi Nushiera has been able to give the team five home runs. Now he's hitting right around a 200, so that's been a little bit of an issue, but this is a team that's been doing a solid job of being able to draw some walks. And then when you take a look at what you're going to be able to get in this one out of Mr. Takanashi, I think that's going to be a pretty solid start. This is someone that during the 2019 campaign only went 5-7, and seven, 6.23 ERA, but if you take a look two years earlier, he was with the Ham Fighters. He had more of around a 4.50 ERA, so I think he's really starting to settle in to being a occult swallow. He has always been a guy that has given up a little bit of hard contact, so you do have your trepidations there. And then when you take a look at the flip side and what you're going to be able to get out of the carp, this is a team that has certainly been struggling with regards to their bullpen as well, but they have been able to do a very solid job with regards to being able to get C.I. Suzuki going. With Mr. Suzuki, this man has 7 home runs, 20 RBI. He has an on-base that's hovering right around a 465. And then Shogo Sakahura. How about him? 476 on base, 421 batting average. Now, he's been in a limited amount of games, but that no doubt has been very solid. Jose Pirella, he's been able to give the team right around a 290 batting average. And what else is big for this team? Shota Dobayashi. 446 batting average, 4 home runs, 15 RBI. This is a team that just does a great job of being able to reach base in general. And then when you take a look at our man at Sushi, 3 starts so far this year, 16 innings. He has given up 12 runs and 4 homers, so that is not necessarily the best of cases, but with this occult swell team, it does feel like they're a little bit of a hit-or-miss bunch. And with Yatsushi Endo, between his time with the minors and the majors in the MPB during the 2019 season, was pretty solid. 4-2, 311 ERA, and what you like about him as well, he gave up .6 home runs per 9 innings. And at the major league level, he was actually giving up less hard contact than at the minor league level, so that's good. The walks have been a little bit high for his career out there in the MPB at the major league level. It's right around 5, so no question that's going to be a little bit of a tough situation, but you do have your more trustworthy carp bullpen arms available in this one, like a Geronimo Franzua. I think that he's going to be able to come out, and he's going to be able to give this team a pretty solid performance. But I do, at the same time, I have to think that the starting pitching matchup is a little bit in favor of Yakult just because with Endo, with him giving up so many walks, I do think that it's going to allow Yakult to be able to get a bunch of men on base, be able to just drive some guys in. I think that there's just going to be a comedy of guys that get stranded on base in this one, but I think that Takanashi going to be able to get the job done. I think that both bullpens, despite the fact that they've been up and down this year, going to be able to have a good performance in this one. So we're going to take the under, and we're going to be taking the swallows of Tokyo Yakult. And this is the last game on the MPB betting board before we go to the KBO betting board. 304-171, 304-172. You've got the Yamiori Giants, and they are going to be hitting the road to face up against the Yakahoma Dana Bay Stars. If you're taking a look at the Dana Bay Stars, well, you get to say a bay bay to laying a very small amount here. You're finding them right in the neighborhood of minus 110 to minus 115, with the Giants anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110, and your total on this game is 8. The over is minus 115, the under is minus 105. Starting pitching matchup for this one. For 
the Yamiori Giants. Tokishi Sakura is going to be going for them. And Cantero Tierra is going to be going for the Bay Stars. And for Tierra, this guy has been absolutely terrific so far this year. A 2-1 record over the course of four starts. A 1-0-8 ERA. Now, I will say this for the Bay Stars. They are currently without Tyler Austin with the offense in general. They've just been stranding men on base left, right, and sideways. That certainly is not helping out the cause, but it certainly is not going to be due to bad pitching in which they probably are not going to be able to pull this game out. And when you take a look at Tierra, this is a young 24-year-old that during the 2019 season, he wound up being 5-6, and six, but he wound up having a 4-11 ERA. And what I thought was very impressive about him, 2.2 walks per nine innings. He does a great job of just commanding the strike zone. He is backed up by a bullpen that I wouldn't necessarily call great, but Edwin Escobar is going to be available along with Spencer Patton. And you got to think that Patton is going to be lowering his 6 ERA. And then when you take a look at this base star team in general, Jose Lopez has been a little bit of a disappointment. He's hitting right at the Mendoza line with Tyler Austin and it's north of 400. OBP of the fold, it puts a little bit more of an emphasis on a guy like an Neftali Soto, who's hitting a 330 for this bunch, and he's got six home runs, but you need a little bit more out of Toshihiro Mizaki for the year. He's been doing a solid job at a 333 batting average, but he's won a little bit cold lately. And then when you take a look at the Yamiori Giants, Gerardo Parra has been in the fold for this bunch, but you do have to like the fact that Hayato Sokamato is starting to find a little bit of something. He's only been hitting right in the neighborhood of about a 225 for the year. This after he was the NPB MVP out there in the Central League for 2019. He's been dealing with COVID-19. And to be able to pick up his like Kazuma Okamoto. 353 batting average, 8 home runs, 23 RBI. He has been terrific. And Yashihiro Moto has been able to give the team 18 RBI as well. But you do have to have your questions with regards to Sakurai. He has been able to give the team 3 starts. And he's given good length, 18 and 2 thirds innings. He has given up 3 home runs in that time span as well, though. And then when you go back to the 2019 campaign, he was able to give the team an 8 and 6 record, but 432 ERA. Once again, 3.5 walks per 9 innings. He's not necessarily much of a swing and miss guy for his career. 6.8 punch outs per nine. So far this year, it's more more around 8.2, but he gives up a home run per nine as well. I think that this is a pretty solid spot for the Bay Stars because with Yamiori, they are going to be without their closer in Ruby De La Rosa as well. So I think that that's a little bit of a factor. You've just got a guy in Sakamoto that I think is starting to find it a little bit more. I just have some questions with regards to the middle of the lineup, especially with Para being in and out of the fold as well. So for that reason, we are going to be going with our good buddies, the Yokohama Dana Bay Stars. I certainly think that the Bay Stars, as they have been doing all year long, are going to wind up stranding a couple men on base as well. So we're going to be taking this total under as well. And now we are going to be going to the KBO betting board. These games start for the most part at 1 a.m. Pacific time, 4 a.m. Eastern. We're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order as per usual on these as well. This begins with 304-651, 304-652. The LG Twins are going to be playing OC Anwa Eagles. Here's a shocker. You're going to be getting a plus price here with Anwa. If you're looking at them, you're going to be getting anywhere between plus 175 and plus 180. If you're looking at the LG Twins, you're going to be finding them across the board right around minus $2. Might be finding them a little bit more. Might be finding them a little bit less. And it is going to be Casey Kelly who's going to be getting the start for the LG Twins. Meanwhile, Warwick Soppold is going to be going for the Anwa Eagles. And as a result, you've got a total here of 8.5 over juice of minus 105 and the under is minus 115. And with Soppold, this is a guy that has just been just 
all sorts of laws so far this year. You don't know what you're going to be able to get out of him from game to game, and I will say, for Casey Kelly, if he's able to get through the first run of the lineup, he's been able to do a very good job. It's just whenever he faces batters for the first time, it's really been the kryptonite of him. He's 4-4 four four with a 4.63 ERA, and over half his runs have been given up in the first two innings. I have no idea how, I have no idea why, but he's looked a little bit better recently. He's given up three runs or fewer in four out of his last five starts, so that's something that has certainly been nice, and he's certainly not going to give up a whole bunch of walks over the course of his last six starts. He has given up a grand total of 10 walks in the process, so he certainly has not been too bad with that regard. With Southbolt, he certainly is always going to be able to give you great length, but he's been getting a little bit roughed up recently. He has given up at least four runs in each out of his last three starts, and for that matter, he's given up at least three runs in each out of his last four, so that certainly has been a little bit of an issue. He's given up four bombs in the process as well, and we know this with the Anwa Eagles. They've got one of the lesser bullpens out there in the KBO. The LG Twins have certainly been finding a little bit of regression as well, but for the Hanwha Eagles, you just have no power in this lineup whatsoever. They're averaging a half a home run per game. That is by far the worst out there in the KBO. And then with the LG Twins, you've got Roberto Ramos that's currently out of the fold, but Hansu Kim, the hit machine, he's hitting right around a 333. He's given the team six home runs over the team's last three weeks, so that has been very good for this team. You also have to like the fact that G1 oh, has all of a sudden been able to emerge for this team. He's hitting a 270. He was able to give the team two home runs in their game against Anwa in the first game of the series, so he has been able to light a little bit of something up. I do think that this is a spot in which Stoppold is probably going to go like his generic six or so innings, give up three to four runs, but then from there, Anwa is probably going to give up a few of themselves. I do think that Brandon Barnes is going to be able to give this Anwa team a little bit of a spark. I do think that they're certainly going to be able to hang more than the one run that they were able to get up on the board yesterday and two days ago. I think that they were completely shut out, so I am going to take this total over just a little bit too low at eight and a half because with Casey Kelly, I do think that he gives up a few runs the first time through the lineup, and then from there, he buckles down, but I'm going to be taking a look at the run line for the LG Twins because I do think that they're going to be able to get into the bullpen and they're going to be able to get to Sopple and that I'm seeing pretty much across the board at even money. You might be laying a little bit of juice like a minus 110 or a minus 115 with the LG Twins on the run line but we're going to be taking a look at that along with this total over. We move on to 304-653-304-654. SK Wyverns are going to be playing us to the Kiwoom Heroes. If you're taking a look at the Heroes, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 135 and minus 140. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the SK Wyverns, that is anywhere between plus 115 and plus 120, and your total on this game is 9. Over is just anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Here's starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Heroes of Kiwoom, you've got Jake Brigham on the mound. Meanwhile, for the SK Wyverns, it is going to be Sung One Moon, and Mr. Moon, as we were talking about with our man Jason, he deserves a whole heck of a lot better. How do you go 2-6 and six with a 325 ERA? Going a grand total of 72 innings, giving up 5 home runs, 65 strikeouts to 22 walks. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. He has lost each out of his last 3 starts. And with regards to earned runs, he's given up three earned runs or fewer. There was one start in which he gave up two earned runs, but he gave up a grand total of four because the fielding around him was very poopy. That is a hallmark of the SK Wyverns. And when you take a look at Moon in general, this is a guy that has given up more than two walks just twice 
so far this year. So he has been very good with that regard. And with Brigham, I still have my questions because he looked very good in that start against NC. He winds up going five innings. He gives up that solo home run and nothing else. But in his previous restarts, all in the month of May, he wound up going four innings, five and two-thirds innings, and five innings, giving up three, three, and four runs. So, I mean, this is a guy that you just don't know what you're going to be able to get out of him. His command has not necessarily been great for the year. He has won a grand total in his five starts of 23 innings. 18 punch-outs to 10 walks. I mean, it's just one of these juries-is-out situations. You take a look at what he did during the 2019 season. He was certainly terrific. 296 ERA, 13-5 record. But I just wonder if he's fully back. And he's going to be going up against an SK team. That, let's face it, the offense has not necessarily been great. But Dung Min Han is back in the fold after he wound up being able to slide six home runs in the first 18 games of the season. He returned this week. Jamie Romack was able to get a home run Saturday morning. That should be helpful. And he does lead the KBO in walks. Pitcher have really been going around him because with Han out of the fold, he's really been the lone threat, along with their other man who is in the top five in the KBO with regards to home runs in Jung Choi. He's been able to give the team 13 bombs, but really past that, you don't have too many other threats. You do have Juhan Choi, who's been hitting right around 285, but then when you take a look at the Kiwo Miros, this is certainly a team that is able to put a charge into the ball. Biongo Park was able to give the team a home run Saturday morning. He's only been hitting in the neighborhood of about a 230 with regards to batting average, but 17 bombs, 46 RBI. You do have to like the fact that Jung-Hoo Lee has been absolutely terrific. 11 home runs, 49 RBI, on base of nearly a 420. And then Ha-Sung Kim. How about this guy? 391 on base. He now has 15 home runs, so you certainly have a fearsome lineup there. But for the Wyverns, the bullpen has not necessarily been terrible. I do think that both these pitchers are going to be able to deliver a good performance, but in the end, I just default to Moon a little bit more because he's backed it up a little bit. He's had more results so far this season, and with Brigham, I just feel like he might still be on a little bit of a pitch count as well. So for that reason, we're going to go with the plus price here for the Wyverns, and we're going to be going with this total under as well. We move on to game number 304, 655, 304-656. Giants of Lotte are going to be in the road to face off against the Samsung Lions. If you're taking a look at the Lions, you're going to be finding them anywhere between even money and minus 115. Meanwhile, with the Lotte Giants, you're going to be finding them anywhere between even money and minus 115. So, you got a very interesting price here with your total on this game at 8.5. With the over of 8.5, that juice is anywhere between even and minus 105. Unders anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Reason why is because you've got David Buchanan going for the Samsung Lions. Meanwhile, you've got Dan Straley that's going to be going for the Lotte Giants. And for Straley, this guy has been absolutely terrific. I was talking about this with Jason. The fact that he's 3-2 and two with a 207 ERA has won each out of his last two starts. And you take a look at it, he has given up two earned runs or fewer in all but two of his starts so far this year. Now, there were a start or two in which he gave up a couple unearned runs. There was that game against NC in which he was a victim of giving up three unearned, but with that said, he has been absolutely terrific for the year. And then you take a look at David Buchanan. I think he's been the luckiest pitcher out there in the KBO. This is someone that is 8-3, 348 ERA, but you take a look at the advanced numbers, 77 and two-thirds innings. He's given up nine home runs, 50 strikeouts to 22 walks. I just have a feeling that the bottom at some point is going to be falling out on him. He's in his last three starts, wound up going a combined 22 innings, giving up two runs. I don't know how and I don't know why, but this is a guy that is just getting all of the breaks to go his way. And we know this, the Samsung Lions ballpark is actually one of the more hitter-friendly ones out there in the KBO. So I do think that that's going to be coming into play. You've got a lot of guys for this Lotte team that have been doing a good job of being able to supply some power as well. Donkey Han all of a sudden has been able to come alive. He's got eight home runs so far this year. Asap Sun hitting nearly a 350 
You've also got Dale Lee, who used to spend some time out there with the Seattle Mariners. He's got a double-digit amount of home runs. He's hitting above a 300. And then for Samsung, Tyler Saladino has been in and out of the fold for the last couple weeks. It looks like he's going to be out for this game once again. Now, Samsung Kim hitting a 443 with regards to the on-base percentage for 340 batting average. That's absolutely terrific. But Hock Julie has come back to earth a little bit. You do have Juan Suckley, who I really like as well. He does not suck. He's got 8 home runs and 49 RBI. But with that said, you just have to question whether or not guys like Sungun Lee and Ja Wuku are going to be able to continue their just toward batting averages of 346 and 361, respectively. I do have my questions there. I do think that Dan Straley is going to have a good start. I think that this is a spot in which David Buchanan is going to get absolutely destroyed. So I'm actually going to go with the over to go along with the Giants in this spot just because I think that the regression sets in on this day. We move on to game number 304-657-304-658. You've got the KT Wiz, better known as the Smiling Blobs, and they're going to be hitting the road to face off against the NC Dinos. Our good blob friends are finding themselves as a slight favorite, anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. With the Dinos, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 105 and even, and your total on this game is 10.5. Overjuice, anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even and minus 105. Hori Samir Despagne is going to be going for the Smiling Blobs. Meanwhile, you've got Jay Hackley, who's going to be going for the NC Dinos. You don't need to tell me twice to be able to lock in a bet on our good buddies of Smiling Blobs with Mr. Despagne. He looked very good in his last start against the Anwa Eagles. Gave up one run over the course of seven innings, and for that matter, over his last three starts, a combined five runs given up. He's won at least six and two-thirds innings in each of those starts as well, and a combined four walks in that time period as well. He has been absolutely terrific with regards to his command. And then you take a look at Jay Lee for the NC Dinos. you got to think that this is going to be a little bit of a horse apiece situation for him. 3-5 and five record, 484 ERA. This is a man that has went 61 and two-thirds innings so far this year. He has given out 29 walks of 40 punch outs, and he's given up eight home runs. He's going up against a team in the Smiling Blobs that they've got Mel Rojas, who's got 21 home runs so far this year. Leads the KBO in batting average. I believe that he once again leads the KBO in RBI. And for Jay Ackley, he has given up at least three runs in each out of his last five starts. The NC Dinos have the worst bullpen ERA in the KBO. And I will say, our Blobby friends are second worst, but they've at least been a little bit better recently when you've got Jung Dae Bae saying A Bae Bae to raising up pitchers ERAAAs as he's hitting right around at 320. That's nice. Jung Hoo Joe has been able to give the team a little bit of something as well. And what you got like is the fact that Beko Kung as well has been hitting right around 8330. He's got 12 home runs. And we know what NC is able to bring to the table. Aaron Altair hit another home run Saturday. He's right now second in the KBO with regards to home runs at 17. Sung Bum Na is back in the fold. He hasn't looked like himself recently, but he certainly has been able to give the team a little bit of something. Min Woo Park is hitting above a 300. You've got just so many guys. I mean, there's just... Pretty much everyone except for maybe one or two guys on any given day that's hitting a 275 or greater. But I think that Despagne is really the pitcher that is going to be able to tame them. He's got some of the most nasty breaking stuff that you're going to find out there in the KBO. So I think that he's going to be able to keep this game out in front of him, which is why I'm going to be going with this total under. And we are going to be taking our Blobio friends. And we wrap things up with 304-659, 304-660. Kia Tigers are going to be playing also the Nissan Bears. The Bears are finding themselves as a favorite. You're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 140 and minus 145. Meanwhile, with Kia, you're going to be getting them anywhere between plus 120 and plus 125, and your total on this game ranging a little bit anywhere between 10.5 and, and 11. On the 10.5, over juice of minus 125, and the under is plus 105. Meanwhile, on 11, under is minus 105, and the over is minus 115. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Deuce on Bears, it is going to be... 
Young Ah Lee, and for the Kia Tigers, Min Woo Lee. So you've got a battle of Lee in this one, and I think that Min Woo Lee is going to be able to have a pretty solid performance here. He's not necessarily had two great starts recently. He wound up going five innings, giving up four runs at each out of his past two, but start before that against Anwa. Now, it was against Anwa, but he gave up one run over the course of six innings. This is someone that he does a solid job of being able to keep the game out in front of him. He has given out 25 walks over the course of 61 and two-thirds innings. Only five home runs, so he does a good job there. Now, we know with Tucson, they've got a bunch of guys with very good batting averages. That is highlighted by Jose Miguel Fernandez. The fact that this guy is still hitting right around 370 is absolutely terrific. And then you've obviously also got Kunwoo Park. He's hitting at 320 on base just below 400. J1 Kim, he is second in the KBO with regards to RBI at 57, 11 bombs. He has been able to do his job. JLO sitting at 342. Wu Chan Lee, he's been seeing a limited amount of at bats, but how about him hitting 367? So list goes on and on. But then for the Kia Tigers, you do have a couple ageless wonders for this team. G1 Na has been able to do a very solid job along with Hung Wu Choi. Both these guys are between 35 and 36 years old. They combine 19 home runs, 79 RBI, and right around a 300 batting average between the two of them. So I do like with the area to bring to the table, and then you've got Chando Park, who's been hitting right around 250. He has been rock solid. And then Min Sik Kim. He has not seen necessarily a lot of time at the catcher spot, but whenever he's been out there, and he's been seeing a little bit more time recently, 429 batting average, so that's a little bit encouraging. What you have to like about Key as well, top bullpen ERA out there in the KBO. I think that that's something that's going to lend itself very well with Tucson. The bullpen has actually been a little bit better as well. We saw that on display Saturday morning, in which a bullpen wound up being able to hold that shut out down, so I do think that's going to be good, but when you take a look at Lee for Dusan, it's just not been the season that he was anticipating, because he went 17-4 and four during the 2019 campaign. So far this year, 3-5 record. Over the course of 12 starts, he's won 66 innings, only given up 4 home runs, so that's actually solid, but 38 walks and 43 punch outs. I just think that the Kia Tigers are going to go death by a million cuts in this spot, and when you take a look at Lee for the Dusan Bears, he has given up at least 4 runs in 5 out of his last 6 starts. I think that he's actually going to give up more like three in the spot just because with Kia, you do have your questions with Preston Tucker. It seems like he goes hot and cold and it seems like he's going cold a little bit again. But with that said, we're going to be going with Kia Tigers and we're going to be going with this total under. And that will wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this Saturday evening slash Sunday morning. A big thanks to Jason Radowitz of Sportsbook Review, aka SBR, for joining me in the second segment. If you like what you're hearing on this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you ever have a question for the podcast, fire it into my timeline at Jaren's 41. Hope you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. I will talk to you guys once again Monday afternoon slash evening since we don't have any MPB and KBO games for Sunday night slash Monday morning. So I will talk to you guys then. Thank you so much for tuning in.